This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. On Monday evening, Cardinal Blaise Supich issued his draconian restrictions on the Latin Mass in Chicago. This is important far beyond the Windy City, as Supich is the de facto voice of Francis in America with his brother bishops. When Supich speaks, he's speaking for Francis, and is cut from the same cloth as Francis. Consequently, we can expect many other bishops in America, and beyond, to follow suit. The restrictions we can expect are the same as we saw in Chicago. No traditional liturgy or sacraments available in the Holy Tritium, Easter Sunday, Pentecost, or Christmas. In the Latin Mass, and the traditional sacraments banned altogether for the first Sunday of each month. That happened in Chicago, and we can expect more of it across America. And as one listener said on Monday to me, what starts in the church in America quickly spreads from there. So buckle up, folks, because this is going to get interesting. Everything we're seeing is pointing to something unpleasant. Schism is probably inevitable. Now, many of you will say that schism is already here, and has been here to some degree for decades. That's almost certainly true in a virtual sense, but the reality will be this. You can expect priests seeking out their own ordinations and consecrations from valid but potentially illicit sources in order to continue the faith of our forebears amid what will only be an increasingly dark situation coming out of Rome. And why is this happening? Because right now the concept of weaponized ambiguity coming out of Rome has reached such a pitch of darkness that we are getting conflicting messaging out of Rome. Rorate Celi published a piece by the former Superior General of the Society of Jesus and Mary, which is not the Jesuits, to be clear. And his name is Father Laurent Marie, and he describes a situation where we get continuously conflicting messages out of Rome. From a piece published by Rorate Celi, quote, In the span of a few years, the magisterium affirms two contradictory things. Benedict XVI authoritatively affirms a fundamental and indisputable theological principle with regard to tradition. What was sacred for previous generations remains great and sacred for us, and cannot all of a sudden be totally forbidden, or even considered harmful. It is good for all of us to preserve the riches that have grown up in the faith and prayer of the Church, and to give them the rightful place. From the recent disciplinary measures, we can infer the doctrinal principle that appears to be perfectly contradictory to the one enunciated by the Pope Emeritus. Namely, that which has contributed to the sanctification of countless numbers of baptized people and to the building up of the church must be considered today as dangerous or harmful. This magisterial about-face only a few years later shows a disturbing disarray between theology, the history of doctrine, and discipline. End quote. This has gotten much worse than anyone admits, and why is that? Because the reason we have such disarray is because what we're dealing with is a facade or ape of the church. There is a facade that is put before us, a facade calling itself the Catholic Church, when in reality it's not. Sorry to be the one to have to tell you that. Sure, the menu of these Catholic offices are validly sitting in them, at least that's all we can really tell, but what they're promoting is the prophesied universal church of man, the theology of Caesar that places man at the center of the human experience, where man is functionally worshipped. Our theology, our ideas, the faith of our fathers was co-opted for this purpose, and it happened a long time ago. It's really the only explanation for why men like Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church and Cardinal Togley and others are permitted to retain their collars and their offices despite their numerous public errors. We are given contradictory messaging because they want to preach their new theology while claiming that it is in continuity with the Catholic faith, when in reality 
they're not the same thing at all. What we have now before us is something new, something novel, and we have no duty to hold to it. Meanwhile, those of us who push back against these errors are now being targeted by the hierarchy with expanding the rules for interdiction to include the laity. Previously, only really priests and those who held formal positions in the church could have an interdiction, or, you know, a parish could, or something like that. To succeed, they must bury the traditions of the faith. Now, this has all been part of a larger play. Over on Gloria TV a few days ago, a priest uh, wrote about how all this is Francis's payback against Benedict for beating him in the 2005 conclave. What we've been witnessing to and subjected to these long nine years since 2013 has been nothing short of a game of payback. But why? I'll go into that in a moment. But according to the priest, quote, There is no longer any legal basis for the Roman Mass. It is left to the discretion of the local bishop. It is no longer a right to the faithful, and there is a denial that the Roman right liturgical books are still books of the Church, the German author Mosebach told Welt.de on the 26th of December. The Old Mass no longer has a definable status. Mosebach never excluded such a move given Francis's vindictive personality, but had assumed that Francis would have waited in the spirit of curial courtesy until after Benedict XVI's passing. Mosebach suspects a personal revenge. Francis has not forgiven Benedict for influencing the outcome of the Amazon Synod with his book on the priesthood at the beginning of 2020, and for messing up the desired abolition of celibacy. This, Mosebach says, has made Francis very angry. Now he has retaliated by going against the Old Mass, that is, the liturgy which was a matter close to Benedict's heart, and which he had explicitly rehabilitated. The Novus Ordo sacraments are simply seriously deficient, Mosebach observes, citing baptism as an example. Before baptism began with the question, what do you desire from the church? And the answer was, faith. Today, the trivial, trivial answer is baptism. Mosebach addressed Benedict XVI on this point, who said that he tremendously regretted not having reversed this in his pontificate. On the other hand, Benedict was not even able to correct the falsely trans translated words of consecration. End quote. And that latter part here is a reference to the bad translations of the consecration in the new mass, where in some places... Benedict was able to, to correct it, like in the United States, but in Germany, his own home country, his papal action was completely ignored by the hierarchy there, and that shouldn't surprise too many people. But what is this payback for? Well, Benedict did speak during the 2020 Amazon Synod process, and that caused a lot of plans to go haywire, but I think it goes more to that. There's more to it than that. Aside from anything personal that may have been the motivation of Francis and the Lavender groups in the Roman Curia, and that St. Gallen group we've heard so much about, what we're seeing is something simple. Benedict, whether he did this on purpose or not, by his actions of regularizing the traditional liturgy, began to wake Catholics up to the state of things in the Church, and that the Church had become subservient to the forces of the world. That's why he was almost certainly pushed out, and it's why we've seen such a focus on getting the alliances with the world cemented. Well, you've had all these weird conferences at the Vatican with people who should never be having conferences at the Vatican. And why we've seen the vestiges of the traditional faith suppressed. The modernists are an end game. They know that unless they suppress things now, then the authentic Catholic way of life and theology will reassert itself, as is demonstrable with pretty much the only growing parishes in the church now being those that offer the traditional liturgy and sacraments. 
which brings me back to Cardinal Supic. It was inevitable that he would be elevated by Francis. In fact, I'd bet that he was made the Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago for the express purpose of hammering traditional Catholics at preventing the defeat of the ape of the Church by burying the faith because he had a track record of ignoring Samorum Pontificum and all the indults that came before it. Many of you will know this story already, but I'm going to recount to you an actual real account of Supic not caring one bit about traditional Catholics and our rights as the Church recognizes them. Back in 2002, a full five years before Samorum Pontificum, and back in the old battle days of the Latin Mass indults, then Bishop Blaise Supic of Rapid City literally locked faithful traditional Catholics out of their parish for the Holy Tritium, forcing the laity to observe those holy days on the front steps of their parish. Headline from the secular Rapid City Journal. Bishop bans Latin services. Now, this article comes from March of 2002, and as they say, some things never change. Quote, A standoff between Latin Rite Catholics in Rapid City and their bishop has left the Latin Mass congregation of St. Michael's choosing to celebrate Good Friday services on the sidewalk instead of in church. Members of the Latin Mass community, which has met in Rapid City for the past 12 years at Immaculate Conception Church on 5th Street, say Bishop Blaise Supich has barred them from celebrating Good Friday and Easter vigil services at the church in an attempt to mainstream them into the English-language Mass. We've been prohibited by the bishop from celebrating the Easter Tritium liturgies and locked out of our church from noon on Holy Thursday until 8 a.m. on Easter morning, Dan Carta, 58 of Piedmont, says. Carta is a Latin Mass adherent who refuses to participate in the New Order English Language Mass that was mandated by the Second Vatican Council. Instead, Carta and some of the other 220 members of St. Michael's congregation will gather at 3 p.m. today for Good Friday services on the sidewalk in front of the church. Supich sees his decision to not allow Good Friday Latin services at ICC as an invitation to unity, not a denial. We're just looking for an opportunity on an annual basis for us all to worship together for one moment of unity as a Catholic Church. End quote. Twenty years later, he's pulling the same stunts in the name of unity. It is this whole phantom notion of unity that the modernists are using now, and did back then, to try to squash the traditions of the Mass. Don't let them get away with it. Digging into soupage a bit more is actually appropriate here. The SSPX have a profile on him on their website, and it is 100% factually accurate. Here's what they have to say about soupage, based solely on his public stances and the actions he's taken against the liturgy. Quote, Supich has a constant record of hostility toward the traditional liturgy. It is said that in his first Mass as pastor of St. Mary in Omaha, Nebraska, his hometown, he reprimanded a young parishioner for attempting to receive the communion on her knees. In 2002, as Bishop of Rapid City, South Dakota, Supich prohibited children to make the first communion or to be confirmed in the traditional Latin rite. That same year, according to the Rapid City Journal, he prohibited a traditional Latin Mass community from celebrating the Paschal Tritium liturgies according to the 1962 Missal by locking the doors of Immaculate Conception Church during the Easter Tritium. The Good Friday liturgies took place on the sidewalk. In 2011, then still bishop in Spokane, Washington, Supich wrote the new Roman Missal, A Time of Renewal, a historical overview on liturgical renewal to introduce the new English translation of the Roman Missal. Supich's vision is the same one which caused the liturgical revolution of the 1970s. Pope Benedict XVI's motu proprio had no effect on him. He considers the traditional Latin Mass as dreadful and incomprehensible to the people. 
Its rites, according to Supich, inspire church architecture such as altar rails, which he claims have kept people fall far from the altar and impeded full and active participation. By Supich's logic, the Old Mass definitely belongs to a time long ago to which today's Catholics are unable to relate. Lamenting those who did not accept the changes of the Novus Ordo Missae, Supich holds that Catholics have to understand that the reform of the Second Vatican Council was, in fact, an improvement, and so he praises communion under both species, mass in the vernacular, lay participation in the liturgy, and the simplification of the rubrics. End quote. I can safely say that he's not done with his meddling of the liturgy and of his work against sacred tradition, and that his work will continue to harm tradition, and at some point you will feel the consequences of his actions in your diocese. Do you have the courage to do what the laity did in 2002 and observe these sacred days on the porch of your parish if need be? Do you have the courage to seek out the sacraments and mass from groups that are the subject of vicious smears and lies as we speak? You have to make that call, but I can tell you this. The last thing you want to do is find yourself at an Easter Mass and have yourself and your family subject to errors preached from the pulpit by a bishop or priest who conflates our faith with that of the program of Caesar. So let's start thinking about this now. I'll leave you on this thought. A few days ago, in the aftermath of Cardinal Supich's evil decree, the publisher of Crisis Magazine and 1 Peter 5, Eric Sammons, stated our problem succinctly. Quote, I freely and proudly proclaim that I don't follow the same religion as Blaise Supich. I am Catholic. End quote. Very true. I say the same thing, and I'll even go further. I'll echo Archbishop Lefebvre here. If they excommunicate me, I'll consider it to have been an excommunication done by the stonecutters. The Catholic Church will stay the course until the coming of the Lord, regardless of what the modernists do, and please remember that. They don't believe much of anything anyway. They only pay lip service to it. Don't fall in line behind them. But that's just my thought on this. What's yours? Let me know in the comments, please. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.